Welcome back. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. This time we're covering Mission Impossible. It's Mission Impossible Mondays, baby. Mission Impossible Mondays. Uh, I'm sorry. I said it wrong. It's Mission colon Impossible. Mondays. Yeah. Is there a colon between impossible? <laughs> so it's Mission colon Impossible. Semicolon. Colon, oh, semicolon. Mondays. Mondays. Part one. Part Uno. <laughs> Next week will be part two. <laughs> if you're new to the show, we're gonna we're gonna do a whole recap, play by play, as quick as we can of this movie. Uh, came out in 1996, directed by Brian De Palma, the legend himself, and then kind of like in a Fast and Furious way, just evolved into a franchise completely unlike what started it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But Chris, before we get into that, welcome back, buddy. It's been a while. It's been, this is the beginning of a brand new chapter for streaming things. It is a successful chapter. I'm manifesting it. Mm -hmm. Not that Mm -hmm. we've been unsuccessful, but I mean, like more success would be nice. This would be the next level. Yeah. Next tier. Yeah. We're getting a promotion. We've been working hard. We earned some extra PTO, but that's not going to cut it. We earned that PTO, baby. We need the whole new position, boss. And you're the boss, listener. Promote us, baby. Promote us. Literally. Share us on social media. <laughs> put, it, put us in, coach. Yeah, it's our I time. I want to play. Yeah, we took a vacay. We talked extensively on later episodes that you'll hear this week about our trip in L.A. Um, you know, Steve took his his mental health time. Um, I just kind of sat in a corner in the dark and rocked back and forth for a few days, which is generally <laughs> how I recharge, you know, mumbling to myself. I don't know. That's just what works for me. I'm not going to judge you guys for whatever you do. Whatever you need to do to work Mm -hmm. on yourself, man, you do it. (laughs) So starting today, we're going to be covering Mission Impossible, the entire franchise, every Monday, except for one week where we have to double up to get it in before Dead Reckoning Part 1 comes out, the seventh installment. And then we're going to go to the theater on the premiere and and watch that movie uh, and and finish it all off, baby. Uh, So look forward to that. And then every Tuesday... You're going to get episodes of our Lost coverage. Steve's already seen the show. Madison and I are watching for the first time. Again, once we're done with Mission Impossible, we'll probably drop two Lost episodes per week. So you don't have to just agonizingly, slowly revisit one of your favorite shows. Every Friday, you're going to hear Steve and Phil covering Star Trek Strange New World Season 2. Yeah, Uh, where are my trackers at? mm -hmm. And uh, make it so. And we're going to (laughs) also, did I do it right? You did it. Yeah. Good job, man. I'm proud of you. (laughs) We're going to also do uh, crossing streams segments again each week where Steve and I talk about other movies and shows that we've been watching just to kind of lightly touch upon them to to show that, you know, hey, maybe you want to check them out. And this Um, week, just to give you a little preview, tomorrow is the first of many crossing streams, but we will be talking about our trip to L.A the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse premiere. So if you've been hankering for our stories about our adventure on the West Coast, that'll be tomorrow. Check it out. I'm sure you've been hankering. Um, And then also, we're going to be doing our patron chosen movies each week as well. So this week is Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, directed by George Clooney. Uh, so that'll be different every week. So it, it, I really think there's something for everybody each week. And the, and the super fans, the stream fiends, will have five episodes uh, for their you know daily commutes or or whatever it is that you do, we don't know. We don't judge you. We don't we don't inquire into those kind of things. Yeah, we love you for you. That's right. That's right. And then even you know the cash the filthy casuals can just tune the into one or two, <laughs> and everybody's good. The right? normies can stick around for Mission Impossible and bounce. Our beloved patrons will have even more content. Mm-hmm. We should talk about our uh, June poll, probably shouldn't we, Steve? 
Sure. Do we, we have the nominees ready? We don't, but we have the general gist. Okay. Uh, and yeah. I know one that I demand is on the list. And maybe okay. and maybe you can have a demanded one. Sure. Um, and then Madison, and then I'll just get two. But what is the theme? <laughs> what is the theme? Well, I mean, we'll definitely post the poll on Patreon before the end of the week. But what is the theme? The theme for June is... Labor Day. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's Labor Day. <laughs> we're not wearing white after it. It's officially Pride Month. So we're going to be talking about uh, uh, queer stories, queer movies, LGBTQ themed. And so we're going to nominate four of those and have the patrons vote upon them and, uh, and and talk about the winner. And I nominate Shiva Baby. That is mandated. Uh, one of my favorite films, a crisp like 82 minutes. You can't Ooh, go wrong. Man, Rachel like Sennett's Rise to Fame. And her, and it, she is reteaming with the director, uh, 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 Emma Seligman, this August, I think it's coming out. It's called Bottoms. So it'd be, oh, cool. it, it would be thematic uh, if that movie won. It's a won. great title. I think I've just, I made Enza watch it finally. Oh, uh, Shiva Baby? Shiva Baby. And she she adored it. Uh, yeah, Bottoms is about a... Uh, um, uh, these two, two lesbians, I think, start a fight club at their school so they can get laid, uh, I think is the synopsis. You know, sometimes you do have to go the extra mile to get some strange. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> some of us go to bars to hook up. Some people start a fight club. Sometimes you know? they do. Sometimes they do. <laughs> it, it's, it's about you get what you put in, right? Yes. If you put in a lot, you're going to get a lot out of it. <laughs> it's just the general <laughs> truism of life. Right. <laughs> is there any movie that you mandate must be on that list, Steve? I, I haven't. We literally had this discussion maybe like a half hour before air, so I haven't really gotten time yeah, to Yeah, we dropped about our... 30 possible movies in yeah. that chat thread. Yeah, you, Madison, and I were just like coming up with possible ideas, so I haven't really been able to sit with each one and really think about which one speaks to me. There are some bangers on that list, though. But that's what's coming up this month, so if you're a patron, look forward to that dropping on the feed probably this week sometime, and then we'll give you a couple weeks to vote, uh, and that'll cap off June's uh, Patreon chosen movie. But let's uh, let's get in. You are you ready for some uh, for the mission to become impossible? Uh, I would say I choose to accept this mission. Okay, of be, reviewing be careful. Mission Impossible. This podcast will shortly self destruct. I'm not going to give you a timeline. What? You just got to be aware. We are in a small room that's very dangerous and irresponsible. I uh, know, but it's it's what the life of an IMF agent. Hey, you know, we damn knew, it, we knew the job when he accepted it. <laughs> have you ever seen the TV show on which this is based? So I never have. No. Uh, I think it's from the late 60s, early 70s, and then they yes. re-released it in like 1988 to 90. Is that what I'm seeing? I've never seen either iteration. So I've never seen it. So the original one was from the fall of 1966 through the spring mm, of what 1973 a year. on CBS. Mm-hmm. Good times. It won eight Emmy Awards okay. and three Golden Globes, including Best Television Series Drama in 1968. Not bad. Yeah. And the- so pretty successful. It's one of those movies or these those TV shows that I think in the modern times, not a lot of people really- a lot of people may not remember the TV show because they're dead. Because they're dead. Well, <laughs> God damn it, Chris. <laughs> but at the time, it was like a really big deal. Like that sure. was a very big show back in the day. Like uh, MacGyver. What? Just like a MacGyver mm-hmm. or a, a, a Mash. Sure, that was a that was a huge deal. Is it the Mash theme? I think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be something. The else. Most watched episode of TV ever is the Mash finale. Yeah, back when no one had, we didn't have anything else to do with our lives. Man, tomato, tomato. What's radar up to? <laughs> <laughs> Let's tune in. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, they adapted. They decided to adapt the the beloved TV series into a movie mm-hmm. uh, in the early '90s. And when they first did that, who knew that it would become what that franchise is today. Nobody did. No. I don't know how much of a hit this was at the time. I was watching it at eight years old because, again, this was 1996. 
Um, it was directed by Brian De Palma, which is, you know, one of the most highly lauded directors of his era. He's up there with, you know, Spielberg and Kubrick and all those guys. Um, and he, you know, he did Scarface, The Untouchables, Body Double. So it's kind of weird that he was the one chosen for this project, honestly, in retrospect. Um, and the the writers, Bruce Geller, I think, was the creator of the original TV show. And then David Kep was brought on to to punch up the script. Uh, very, very highly uh, applauded screenwriter David Kep did uh, Jurassic Park, yeah, love, among many, many love things. David Kep. So yeah, interesting. And this cast, what a journey through time. Uh, there's a, yes. there's a John Voight jump scare early on. Um, oh, it's John Voight. And we get, uh, I wish it was John Voight, but f- like his character from Anaconda. Yeah, for sure. He gives <laughs> the same vibe no matter what. Cause Your he's actually, if you choose to accept it. Isn't he a piece of shit in real life? Right. Uh, kind of, I know he's estranged from Angelina Jolie and I don't know much about the details. Yeah. He's, um, he's, he's, he's a little problematic, but like, that was a strong in like phrase, an old piece man of shit. way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Never look into the eyes of the men you kill. <laughs> we get uh, Emilio Estevez. What about that? Yeah. Local favorite Emilio Estevez. As soon as he popped up, I was like, quack, 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 quack. Um, you know, Emilio lives in town, right? In this town? In Cincinnati, yeah. No? Yeah, he's he lives in Cincinnati. He does not. He 100% does. Where? Uh, I don't know. I think maybe Indian Mount Adams. Indian Hill? I don't know. Maybe Mount Adams. I don't know. He lives nearby uh, because like, he always is just in town. He's very involved with a lot of the movie productions that come through. Friend of the show, Phil, built a table for him. So like, Really? Yeah. Well, Can we find Emilio? We probably could if we looked hard enough. <laughs> Can we go on an Emilio we're just, hunt? We're just going to go around the streets of Cincinnati yelling, Emilio. Just, no, we're just yelling quack, 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 quack. I was going for Emilio from Night of the Roxbury. Interesting. Emilio. Yeah. I'm, for those who don't know, you've been under a rock for 40 years. Emilio Estevez, famed brother of Charlie Sheen, son of Martin Sheen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one to keep the real surname of the family. Estevez. And make uh, uh, Papal proud. Um, thank you. Yes. Estevez. <laughs> it's probably Estevez or Estevez, something. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. But, but we're dumb mm-hmm. and we don't pretend not to be. But anyway, I mean, just a, a, a kind of a, a trip down memory lane for me. I personally loved this movie, but again, I was eight and haven't seen it probably since I was 10, even though I'm a huge fan of this franchise. Mm-hmm. I typically rewatch four, five and six because they're, they're just light years different. They're amazing action movies. Uh, what's your experience with this movie? Were you a fan prior to this? How long has it been since you've seen it? And so forth. So when this movie came out, I remember seeing it. But yeah, I was like 10-ish when I saw it. Uh, and I remember not really getting it. Like I, I just, because a lot of people, like when it came out, I remember my stepdad was like, oh, it's kind of like James Bond. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. So in my mind, I'm thinking, you think of like Sean Connery era James Bond at that time frame. So I'm like, where are the gadgets? All right, they got some gadgets, but they're not as flashy. Where's the suit? Where's the silly? But it, but it's not that. It's very mm. grounded. It's very spy stuff. So I didn't really understand it. I didn't really care for it. Um, and now, and I haven't really, I don't think I've seen it since then. Because it's been a long time since I've seen this first movie. Because I'm like you. I actually watched three and beyond. Mm-hmm. I love him. Mission Impossible 3, mostly because of Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's like one of the best yes. movie villains of all time. But then, yeah, like uh, Mission Impossible 4 is like where this franchise really kind of figures out what it is, like what is 100% working. 
and leans into it hard. And every every movie since four is like a banger, right? Yeah. Maybe even gets better and better and better with yeah. each new installment. But this movie and number two, next the one we cover next week, is very much like they don't quite know what is working. They're doing a lot of things that they will drop and never do again. And you're seeing some things that they will eventually like pick up on and lean into with for further installments. Uh, with that being said, I don't really like this movie. Really? Yeah, I'm not super. I'm not a huge fan of it. There's like moments of it where I can see the potential of it. I can see like, oh, this there's a there's a good thing here. But I think the directing uh, some of the the writing styles of the time, like, oh, we have to have a romantic lead like that type of thing feeling pigeonholed um it just is it's it's kind of boring like the first half of this movie is kind of boring to me uh it picks up with the iconic um wire heist scene like that scene's really cool and the train scene's pretty cool at the end but like everything else is kind of like i don't really care and tom cruise is kind of being weird because again i don't feel like they truly understand what they need to do to make this successful yet so in that way, it's kind of fun to watch where you're like, it's there. I can see them trying to polish this diamond out, but it's so rough around the edges in this movie. And it's not what makes Mission Impossible great. I feel like a lot of people, I know a lot of our fans that listen to the show have not seen these movies and they will probably be watching these movies for the first time uh, with us, with this coverage. And I just want to say, hold on. If this, if you didn't like this movie, just stick with it. Like, cause literally four and beyond are amazing i really like three and two's dumb fun like two's terrible but it's dumb fun whereas this yeah, is just kind of boring version. to me yeah it's they become vastly different for sure and yeah. it's kind of hard to say if you like you know it's definitely not it's like fast like i said the fast and furious seems silly to compare it to but it's it, well, that, it's a good comparison like, i think the yeah. difference between six and one is the only thing i can compare it to because that's such a chasm is Fast and Furious, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the, the first Fast and the Furious. They're stealing DVD players. Yeah, they're street racers. And then in the more, more recent uh, Fast and Furious, they're going into space to stop a, <laughs> a satellite they're that can kill people or something. World-class <laughs> superheroes yeah. is what they are by the end. But I, I think um, it's interesting revisiting this because I told you my dad used to call it Mission Incomprehensible. Yeah, uh, which is probably not a joke he made up. It was probably I was eight and thought my dad was clever. That was, that was the log line. For everybody the, was for the saying Roger it. Ebert. Yeah, uh, exactly. Probably. <laughs> um, but watching not to say my dad's dumb, but because uh, he was not. But watching it last night, I was like, eh, this isn't that difficult to follow, you know, other than like the goofy face stuff, like where the masks are way too realistic. Um, or it's just Tom Cruise playing an old man and they're like, let's make, let's put Tom Cruise in that disguise. Like he already is in that disguise. Yeah, Tom Cruise. The first time it's him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what the best they could do there. Um, I, you know, I, I thought it was pretty straightforward, like a uh, double agent, triple agent, double cross nonsense, but fun mm-hmm. stuff. And I think it's interesting that like this first one is kind of fun for me because it's like a true blue spy caper. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do appreciate that. It is very much about the spies like they're not trying to there's no, i don't think tom cruise fires a gun in this movie he does not it's the only movie where he doesn't actually shoot a gun and there's no shootouts per se yeah uh and I, so i appreciate that about it it's really just sticking hard into the espionage spy thriller aspect yeah it's much it. more noir which is probably why they hired de palma in, in retrospect it's just and it looking back it's kind of a weird choice um and I, I really had a good time with it. I think I'd give it a solid seven out of 10 if I was going to give like an arbitrary number to it. Like I had a good, mm-hmm. a good time. It's way better than two. Um, 
and I'm curious to, it'll probably be toward the bottom of the overall ranking, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I had fun. It's interesting too, because the whole character of Ethan Hunt changes. Yes. Like in the beginning, yeah. he's got this like Tom Cruise persona off of the late eighties and early nineties. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Tom Cruise. Yeah. He's all, he's all cocky. <laughs> I'm really laughing. <laughs> he just got out of his Tom top gun jet. Um, he's still worried about goose at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> he's still he, worried about him and he's not that at all in the current iteration of Ethan Hunt. So it, it's kind of, yeah. um, uh, interesting. And Ving Rhames is the only person to be in every single mission impossible movie other than Tom Cruise. Uh, he's, I don't think he's in two. Uh, you don't think so? I don't think Ving well, Rames we'll find out two. soon, but I think that's the case. Um, you could be right. Two might be the. So uh, I think two's the albatross of all the two. All might, two might be the uh, Fast and Furious three, the Tokyo Drift. It really is, yeah, of the uh, Mission Impossible franchise. But his to relationship go from with Brian Luther to is Palma to John Woo is just an incredible decision. <laughs> it is. I just can't wait to see Tom. Gr- Honestly, I love these movies, and it's been a while because I've been waiting for a rewatch. Like I, I didn't want to waste my rewatch on personal time, knowing we'd probably do some podcast stuff for it. And I've been craving watching these for like a year and a half. Honestly, same. I've only seen uh, Fallout once, but I've been itching to watch it like yeah. so often. But I always figured we would watch it for this show. So yeah. I've been holding off for more than a year. Yeah, because rewatching a movie that I watched two months ago for the podcast is painful because like I have to like to pay very close attention and take notes and stuff. Uh, so I have to be uh, economical with those choices. Um, but yeah, big, big fan. So I'm I'm really hyped even to watch two because it's been I haven't watched it since I was a kid either. Um, anyway, diving right in. I again, do, 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 I think that we do have to I want to bring up a little bit of controversy to this movie uh-huh. in ter- because we brought up the original TV show from the 60s. That was beloved. A lot of people who are fans of the original TV show hate the movie franchise, specifically this movie. Because what it does is John Voight's character, Jim uh, Phelps, Jim Phelps was like the main protagonist of the TV show. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, so, he, so the, the thing with the TV show is Jim Phelps, who's like pretty much the main guy, he would get a team together. And usually there's at least one guest star who's part of the team. And then they would have a mission. But Phelps was always like, good work team. Like, yeah, you know, he was kind of keeping it all together. So when the inevitable turn happens in this movie, uh, a lot of people were very, very against that. They're like, you just made my hero the worst person ever. Like, uh, it, it's, and um, I forget the the original, was it the writer or showrunner of the show? The studio mandated that he be on set with Brian De Palma to kind of oversee and be a consultant. But the first day they met, Brian De Palma was like, hey man, real big fan of the show. Love what you guys did. I think if you stay here, we're just going to make each other angry because <laughs> we're not doing what the show was. And the dude's like, I respect your candor. Thank you. Yeah. I am rolling out. <laughs> yes. As Optimus Prime would say, let us roll out. Um, that's, that's interesting. I, I can see that. Um, and if you want it to be a surprise that John Voight or that Jim Phelps is a villain, don't cast John Voight. Uh, is how I feel about it. You know what I mean? Like, because I, I didn't remember much about this original Are you movie. Jim Voight's always the villain. Uh, John Voight is just, uh, he's just, 
he he does what the kids would say gives me the ick i think uh <laughs> why does he give you the ick because the studio actually wanted to hire john voight because they thought no one would ever suspect john voight as the villain i don't have that context I'll, maybe I'll, in the maybe the 90s that was a true thing to believe but i i agree with you like present day like if john yeah. voight shows up I'm like i bet he's probably crooked all i've got is <laughs> is a uh, context of angelina jolie hates him and uh anaconda you know <laughs> you have so. looked into the eyes of the men he's killed. Yeah, I have. He's just spit up, thrown up by a snake and winking at me is <laughs> all I see when I see that man with a ponytail. So, but yeah, I mean, again, I really like what they did. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little silly, but if you look at it as almost camp, um, but I'm a big fan of heists, huge fan of spy thrillers and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I watched the show Citadel, Agbo studios, not a plug. Uh, <laughs> most people think it's, you know, it's just this baseless trash. Uh, I really enjoy it just because I like that shit. You know, I like beautiful people gallivanting around the world in suits and fighting and double crossing each other. And you don't have to get that deep into it for me. Um, so I was bound to love anything like this. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of this franchise. But even this first one, I really dug it on a rewatch. So let's dive in. Let's uh, Danny Elfman didn't remember that he, well, I wasn't old enough to know who that was, but he does the score, not the iconic theme. That's the original theme song, right? Which what a banger. The original theme song is. I mean, honestly, I think the success of this franchise is like a solid 30% Tom Cruise, 30% great writing and 40% that theme song. Yeah. Honestly, because what an earworm. Have you ever turned on the theme song when you had to do chores quickly in the house? No, you're like I got to. Is gotta, it effective at propelling you? Yeah, because you're like dun, dun, putting away the dishes, cleaning the counter. Now I'm going to vacuum well, my floors. I will say as an as a dork throughout my entire life, whenever I'm uh, playing, even as an adult playing, if I'm pretending or actually sneaking in any way, do you do that? I go done, 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 done. Every time <laughs> you, you can't stop before the horns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the bull. You're going to get them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Danny Elfman score. And um, I'm real quick too. I had this weird, I wouldn't say cognitive dissonance, but like out of body experience, the most obscure video game ever came to mind while playing, while watching this movie last night. I don't know if you played it. I probably had it on Nintendo 64, but it was a mission impossible video game. And I remember you actually had to like yeah. choke people out, hide the bodies. And they at one point you dress up as the fireman that which they do in this movie. Yeah. Wow. That I've not thought of this in like 30 years. And it's probably a terrible game. But for probably. some reason I loved it because I didn't have a PlayStation. So I couldn't play like Metal Gear. And Metal so Gear. the idea that I was sneaking around and hiding bodies and stuff was like that's all I had was this Mission Impossible game on Nintendo. Um, but yeah, I was like, holy shit, they made this whole movie yeah, into the game. Oh my God, dude, I did have this game. And you would actually like turn into other characters uh-huh. and dress up as them and stuff with the masks. Fun times. Wow. I, dude, you were just, I. Core I memory unlocked. Have, yeah. Apparently it was fairly okay. Got I see a lot of six out of tens. Yeah. It was the, um, the fireman suits that like that brought the memories flooding back. And I was like, Oh my dear God. I'm going to look at an image. Of oh it. my Dude, God. The, the box art of that is so iconic to me. Cause it's just the red globe with the match kind of uh-huh. on fire going between it. Wow. Yeah, dude, I did play the hell out of this game a lot. Good times, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It's N64, right? Yep, N64. That's right. That, oh, yeah, that little, and Goldeneye. The little phone icon in the corner. Yeah. Phone. Yeah. Wow. 
And wow. It's funny watching old spy movies, too, because their super advanced tech is super ancient tech to us. I love it when he goes and is fashioning emails. Yeah. And <laughs> it's got that like when the <laughs> he's like, oh, my. And then to access the Internet, he has like a very special like internet access allowed or something like that like that's not how the internet ever was well it's funny because a huge <laughs> plot point of this movie is like hinges on the fact that internet is so slow because mm-hmm. the main villain or max or whatever is just trying to upload a, basically a word document and it takes so long yeah. that because she gets to the tunnel before it's finished like nowadays that the movie is like oh i did it i did it got it <laughs> oh need that file and there's a scene not to jump ahead too much, but this is probably gonna be a mess anyway, because we're in a hurry. But uh, when when he pulls out the two discs, when he's doing the iconic high scene in the vault, I thought for a second it's because he needed both of them to hold all the information <laughs> and not because he was going to do the old switcheroo, you know? Yeah. I was like, oh, I remember those days. When, I remember like, needing two discs. When like six kilobytes, you needed four floppies, you yep, know? Yep. <laughs> And I was like, wait, 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 no, that's right. He's going to do the sleight of hand thing later. Um, but the film opens with like a, a military drum roll. Uh, they're in Kiev. Uh, and uh, it's Kiev. It, it, <laughs> and it's Emilio Estevez uh, who plays Jack watching camera footage of an interrogation in another room. And he's like, oh, hurry up. She's been out too long. Right? You don't know what's going on. He's searching for files on his own little separate laptop. It kind of um, looks like he's watching like a tele- I thought it was a TV show at first. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the whole like- effect that they wanted to give you. Because my notes, I backspaced a lot. Like he's watching a movie. Wait a second. He's really into this movie. Um, he's got and, a lot riding on this woman. <laughs> and it turned out the whole time the guy doing the interrogating was Tom Cruise in one of those elaborate face masks. And it's a giant ruse to get the name, right? They fabricated like a whole set. Um, and the the woman who's passed out or presumably dead uh, was actually one of the agents. And they like knocked her out for that. And she could have died. Uh, so she wakes up and we get that fucking classic theme song. Those credits were wild. Were they not? The opening credits? Yeah, they were doing it was a bunch of clips from the movie that were about some we haven't seen yet. But yeah, they it was would like do a TV like, show style credits, which is probably intentional reference to the original show. Yeah. And then they would do like the every now and then they would do the uh, luminance invert inversion where it would like make everyone's skin tones white in the background black and the irises would be blue it would look weird like uh daytime mystery shows would do that to like and then she was murdered it would fade into that that effect which is kind of i kind of miss credit sequences like this yeah i I think it was homage but since i haven't seen anything like that maybe ever but not in a long time i was like what the fuck is going on (laughs) i'm sure that's what it was um but and then i wrote the new movies are so fucking different wow uh, and then I put fucking John Voight. Ew. Uh, with, I don't know why. I don't hate the man, but he's on the plane and a woman comes. One of the stewardesses uh, or flight attendants is what you call him now comes up to ask him if he wants to watch a movie. And I again, I wasn't alive then, but I had a weird revelation watching this movie. It's like at some point in like the 80s when people flew like long flights, they would actually get like tapes to choose to watch movies on instead of because we have digital movies now. But yeah. I was like, oh, wow. They used to have to like choose a tape. Perhaps, perhaps you're a fan of the cinema of Ukraine. Yeah, perhaps. And because he, he declines and he says the most douchey thing I've ever heard. I prefer the theater, which is maybe like 
agent code. We should have known he was the villain at that Immediately. point. Like, oh, I prefer the theater. Well, we're on a plane, sir. Do you want me to dance for you? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, good news. The cast of Hamilton is in first class. You want me to get them? <laughs> How did a bat? No, I'm not going to do a Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, impersonation here. <laughs> I guess it was like agent code, like an activation sequence. I'm not sure, but she gives him the Ukrainian movie, which is in fact his, his mission, uh, the, the brief, right? Um, so your mission, if you choose to accept. Yeah. And, uh, this tape will self-destruct all that is classic. I mean, I did that as a kid all the time. I pass a note in class and be like, it will self-destruct. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is very culturally informative for me, this movie. Yeah, he's getting a, miss, a mission from Kitteridge. Uh, there's this knock list that has a list of all their agents undercover in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a there's like two portions of it. And there's this guy named Galitzin who's going to try to steal it from the embassy. And their mission is to get photographic proof that Galitzin not only steals it, but then they have to shadow him to see who he's selling the list to. And also make sure nobody gets the actual list because that right. would endanger all the agents' lives. Yeah, you don't um, want to do that. I put his wife, LOL, because there's a... One Dude! Of the, Claire is gorgeous and very young. And maybe 50 years his junior. <laughs> and, like, that's John Voight's <laughs> wife. Sure. Hate it. Hate it. <laughs> that uh, Yeah, as soon as I laughed out loud when it's like, this is my wife, Claire. I'm like, no, she's fucking not. And he's like shitty to her, too. Like, you're lucky to be with me. I'm John Voight. I'm, I'm John Voight. I'm Jim it. Phelps. Um, and then we cut to Prague, which is where the mission takes place. He briefs them on the brief, lays out the plan. Uh, Ethan's his point man. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to point this out as like an editor. There was a really weird edit that bothered me. Because that, so like the mission, it, it zooms in on the tape, like your mission will destruct. And it goes, Poof, and you get the smoke sure. rising out of the tape, right? And then there's this kind of long tracking shot where it goes from the, the tape smoking. It's looking at the smoking tape for a minute, tracks slowly up to John's voice face, who just looks dead inside. And then sure. it fades to the vista and then Prague. And as an editor, I'm just like, you could have just faded out at the smoke. That's a much more effective edit than let's look at John Voigt looking bored with this scene. Yeah. I don't know. Small, small, minor gripe. But that was one of the first things I'm like, well, that was really dumb to do. I don't well, know why they well, left that I, I, again. Like small nit to pick. Yes. My dad thought it was so incomprehensible. But and of course, I know mostly it was foggy, but I know the ending. But it's like they kind of telegraph. The fact, the big twist. But again, I don't have the reference, the context of like, oh, I love Jim Phelps, you know, like this mm-hmm. is cool. He's aged now and he's got this new team and I don't have that context. So yeah. watching it again, I was like, eh, fucking obviously an asshole, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that was kind of why they lingered on him. It's like, hey, Jim Phelps. Oh, my God. Look at this. I'm about to the do thing is happening. I'm, I'm about to do something I'm not going to be proud of. The thing is happening. Um, I just love I also this the, in a way this there's another uh, uh, what do you call it? Comparison to F- Fast and the Furious franchise, where the big mission of this movie, right, is over ten million dollars. That's really what's at stake. Well, at the time in the nineties, man, it's like easy I, forty million. Well, yeah, like, but like, I love how small Six stakes million, this is because now, like, every Mission Impossible movie is like, if we don't stop this thing, nine billion people will die. Yeah, but in this movie, it's like, I really just want ten million dollars. Well, and the stakes are the lives of, <laughs> of hundreds of agents too, right? Sure, but, but he's yeah. he's doing this 
for $10 million. Yeah. That's all he wants. It's always the entire world that will die now or whole, whole countries will collapse. Mm-hmm. I like smaller stakes too. Um, but yeah, so Ethan's Ethan Hunt's his point man, like his cocksure kind of leader below the leader. Claire's his wife. Uh, Jack's the hacker tech guy, Emilio Estevez's character. Um, who else we got? We got Hannah. I'm not really sure what she does. Han- she does stuff. Hannah Williams handles surveillance. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, um, who else we got? Is that it? You said Sarah, right? Sarah undercover. Jack's the security guy. He can hack into any security system. Hannah handles surveillance. Claire covers transport. Yeah, she's always, she's the wheel man. Yeah, and uh, Hunt is the She waits man. in the car. She's what we call a passenger princess. Madison taught us that. Yeah, yeah. You'll find that out later You'll this find week. that out on Thursday. <laughs> uh, but Ethan wants a cappuccino machine because he's, Claire makes shitty coffee. You know what I'm saying? He's a, he's a funny guy. He was <laughs> yeah. a top gun. This, this is the first part where you can kind of like, if you know Tom Cruise now, this isn't him at this point because Tom Phelps like, this is a very serious mission. Uh, we got to play it safe. Any questions? Yeah, I got a question. When are we going to get this cappuccino machine? Am I right, guys? <laughs> I'm a funny guy. Yeah. I'm it's Tom Cruise. Be- before he was traumatized and grew into the man that he is today. I still worry about Goose. Hey, I'm trying to get over it. This is Irish coffee. I'm trying to bury my fears <laughs> with cappuccino. And then uh, Jack gives him the explosive bubble gum that we, it's Chekhov's explosive bubble gum. It comes in a lot. That you push the two colors together and boom, baby, you got five seconds. But he's also got a crumb. Don't get any on you. Also, don't chew it. That was a funny. I like that because the look that Tom Cruise is good, right? And that look that he gave him was like, good thing you mentioned that. Because I mean, I'm not gonna gonna lie. His face is like that would suck. That little sticky gum bomb thing. Look yummy. It looks good. It looks like it would be watermelon flavored. It looks like zebra gum. Yeah, it looks good. I would chew that. I'm I'm glad he he definitely needed to have said that to me if I were Ethan Hunt. Yeah, because if like. The flavor fades fast on zebra gum, but it's amazing for like six seconds. Yeah. Like when he said you have about five seconds, I would have thought he was saying for the flavor to last. And I'm like, I know, right? (laughs) And popped it in my mouth. Bones. (laughs) Um, Uh, We do get a a big hint here. And that is uh, they're like, where you been staying at, uh, Jim? Where you been staying yeah, they at? They kind of razz him about his, yeah, his laid back retirement style. You got the first class uh, hotel. They putting you up in those places. He's like, no, they put me up in. The Drake Hotel, Chicago. Chicago. I hope they didn't stamp that on any books or anything. Yeah. I'm glad I told you the exact hotel I was actually at. That won't bite me in the ass at all. Did you, did you need the room number? <laughs> uh, and we also find out that Jack has a crush on Sarah, which is kind of relevant for about 10 more minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the, <laughs> we cut to the party, their whole plan, like their big plan to catch Galitz. And uh, Jack prepares to hack at the elevator shaft. And we get a weird, speaking of like camera stuff that you might have noticed, De Palma likes to do these like POV shots from Ethan's mm-hmm. point of view. Yeah, it is. Which the first time it makes sense because Ethan's in disguise. He's like the senator. Um, and when you cut to him, it's like, oh, huh, it's Tom Cruise, but it ain't. <laughs> it's, it's Tom Cruise, an old person makeup. But the second time we get the POV from Ethan, it, it's just him as Ethan. So it's an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, but it's it's Ethan slash Walter. Um, and th- there was a funny thing where they're like, who who am I going to be today? And they're like, oh, this guy. And like, oh, we got this guy. That's weird. But we don't know who that is. But then it transitions to like uh, some sort of political talk the TV show. interview of the senator. Yeah. And there's this guy who's like, how could you think of such 
things politically and it cuts through Tom Cruise and old person makeup. I thought this was America. Yeah. Because that way we don't have to pay another actor and then do the whole face thing. Yeah. And also like we can't, the technology isn't there for us to convincingly do this without makeup. We don't need to. What is filming the first time as Tom Cruise, Mm -hmm. but they see Galitzin at the party and then we've got like infrared glasses and like a cool spray marker thing, which I kind of liked that. Um, now, did they spray him just so she can track him easier? Was that, Yeah, that so you could okay. see him in a crowd. Yeah. Uh, and you had to do that in a video game, by the way. Fuck, you're right. <laughs> it was nice. Oh, quit bring. Oh, keep. I mean, we're going to have to play this. That. Yeah. Uh, let's put it on right now. Do you want to stop recording? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jack almost gets hit by the elevator. Uh, he has to like jump into the you know, squeeze into the, like the little cleft there in the shaft. Wow. That sounded sexual. Mm. And they start <laughs> they start razzing Jack uh, about uh, being have, slow on the hack. Do you have an employee named Jack? I did. He was quite unreliable and constantly late. Hold your horses, Foghorn. I'm almost there. A little Foghorn <laughs> Leghorn reference. I did like there was a cool shot where. Uh, the, it was kind of shot the characters parallel outside the elevator doors, but you can see the elevator and it, the, the camera tracks the elevator yeah. going up. I like all the elevator really, stuff. Yeah. That was a really cool. Honestly, I'll, I'll tell you later, but I, this movie works for me and I, there's a specific part where I, I made note of it. Um, and then it's a kind of a weird moment where Ethan rescinds the date with Sarah that he set Jack, up. but Sarah's right there. And I thought that was a weird that's what he said, right? Like you could forget about that date with Sarah because he was late on hacking the system, it made him almost get caught. Mm-hmm. But it's like, does Sarah have a say? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah, it's super weird. You could forget about being with Sarah all night. Yeah, plans off, Sarah. You don't have to do that now. Uh, <laughs> it's just weird. I just did you a solid. But she actually likes Jack. But then they uh, they set the glasses up while they're in the office to be the the camera for the computer to catch Galitzin in the act while they're doing that. So we we get early information that glasses can be cameras mm-hmm. throughout this whole sequence here, which is useful for later. Um, and then Jim has to open up the doors for Ethan and Sarah. And this is where I think they telegraphed his villainy because he's a better hacker than Jack for some reason. Like he's able yeah. to do what Jack's not able to do and open the elevator doors for Ethan and Sarah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a floppy disk. Thought that was interesting. Damn, deep cut there. Um, I have a note that says nice and lonely ass. I think it's something Jack says um, that his ass is nice and lonely. I'm not sure. I I did write that. Uh, And then Ethan rips his face off again. Love doing that in this movie. They record Galitzin getting the info uh, and the elevator starts to move because Galitzin's calling it. Uh, And then I put Jim's being real sus (laughs) because he's 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 just he's just. There's like a band of light across his eyes, but he's in the shadows and they he's cut hiding him, away. Yeah, he's lit in a villainous way where they just showed that he has the power to move the elevator and stuff. And all of a sudden, Jack, who couldn't hack before, is unable to stop himself from being impaled. So I, I'm like, face. damn, they really telegraphed this. I actually like how uh, explicit that was. I was surprised. Yeah, so this is a weird touchstone in my childhood where the, this kill of of Emilio Estevez getting smashed in the face. Because I loved by, Emilio at the time, I don't even time, know too. what those things are. Like I guess the, that's like how they the, like elevators... The spiky they, things. I think they catch them and hold them from falling, I guess. Maybe. I, yeah, but like that shot of his face getting squished in, for some reason, like, is... I remember that so viscerally. Burned in your brain. Like, oh, that's... Oh, that was awful. Yeah. Oh, I don't like it. Um, but I do like the studio wanted to hire Emilio Estevez for this role specifically because he was probably like one of the bigger stars in the movie that and like a very out. beloved, very beloved. And, and so it was painful to watch. And so it was like surprising that he would die so early in right. the movie because it's Emilio Estevez. Like Why the, would that happen? Like the lost thing, but in actuality. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Galitzin rolls out. Uh, and, you know, we get that whole man down, Ethan. It's very sad. Uh, and we we cut to to Jim Phelps running up. Like he's, I'm going to stay there. I'm, I'm coming. coming. I'm coming. I'm a fast runner. I'm John Voight. Uh, and then when he's like, wait, I got a shadow. So he's setting them all up, right? But abort, abort. But Ethan's like, we're not aborting. We got to get that list. So he tells Sarah to keep an eye on the package, keep shadowing him. I don't, I guess he's going to run up and help Jim was his whole plan. And then Claire sees Ethan walking by. She's just sitting in the car because that's her job. But she sees him going rogue. Uh, and then Ethan sees a, a, a silencer go off on Jim because they got cameras through each other's glasses on their watch. Which, by the way, the watch TV screens, the early Are Apple very watch. Very nice. Early Apple watch. That's very impressive. Yeah. that I mean, my Apple watch today can't. Jim's like, I'm good. coming and I got 10,000 steps already today. And they're like, what? <laughs> Nothing. I'll explain it later. Sorry, I'm, I've got a goal. I got to close my <laughs> my fitness ring. Didn't we have that conversation? That conversation as a team, we're trying to outpace each other on steps for the day. God damn it! Are you wearing your watch or not? Shit! Uh, and then he falls in the river. He gets shot. Like so, like Ethan thinks he sees uh, Jim get assassinated by a silenced pistol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's by on his Apple I, I watch. <laughs> That's what it's called. Uh, now, uh, now, now, Ethan wants Sarah to abort. He's like, actually do abort. Do abort. Is, shit's escalating quickly. JK. But she can't hear it because he said, hey, radio silencers. I guess he cut off communications right before he died or pretended to die. And by the way, I put it's lit so well because I do like the noir lighting of this sequence. This is very De Palma-esque. Yeah. I like everything going on here lighting wise a lot. Yeah, you don't know what's going on there in the dark just as much as we are. It's, it's just sexy. It's cool. You know, um, like when you see when it cuts to Sarah and he's trying to get her to stop and you know, she's about to die. Like it's almost like um, Rod- Rodriguez's uh, Sin City. Like it's almost black and white. It's so dark. Uh, but like her lipstick is bright red mm-hmm. and it just looks fucking cool. I don't know if that means that they did it day for night or something, uh, but I really liked it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. This looks like it was. Well, usually that thing. blueness is day for night, right? It is, but that's a digital thing. Yeah, oh, so true. that wouldn't have been done on here. That's true. Yeah, this film, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the car blows up that we saw Claire in as soon as Hannah gets into it. Uh, so that's like, oh no, they both died. No. We think, right? Oh no! And then Sarah watches Glitzen get grabbed and killed. He's just getting stabby stabbed through a fence. I don't understand how she let herself be killed as a trained agent. I also don't either. He like grabbed she... her through the fence. Like, yeah, good thing you didn't move. I got you too. Got you too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she gets stabbed as well. And then the policy show up. <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce that. Polizei? Is that? That's no, German. That's German, yeah. I don't know. The police show up on boats. Uh, and while Ethan's there cradling Sarah's body. And and I and I I thought cool. I felt like a super, super secret agent, Steve, because I was like that guy had an earpiece. I noticed. Mm, you did, all, yeah. All the stuff that Ethan notices later. Mm. Well, not all of it, but that guy with the earpiece. I noticed that. Was that the the drunk, the drunk couple? Yeah, yeah I, I I picked up on the drunk couple. There's a couple. You people, clocked him too. Yeah, there's a couple other people that he names that I did not clock, but I definitely clocked the drunk couple. No, like the waiter behind Hannah. There's no way to catch that guy. Yeah, had- I love when they show the flashback of the the waiter. It's literally just a guy looking at her and then looking away. <laughs> yeah, but that's sus. Yeah, Mind so your sus. business, waiter. Yes, sir, <laughs> help. When you're the help, you don't look don't into do other that. people's eyes. Mm-mm. You keep your eyes on the ground. No okay? way, sir. Better mm-hmm. seen, not heard. Get out of here. Um, so, uh, Chris Scott Thomas, the woman who plays, uh, Sarah uh-huh. said, uh, I die on page 25, but I die in the arms of Tom Cruise. So it's worth it. That's a quote. Yeah. That's a quote. Yes. Okay. Which, yeah, I, yeah, I get it. 
Yeah, he's same. A, he's an attractive short king. I also got paid $72,000. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course, that's fine. What do you mean? You got, you got work. Um, but yeah, she dies in Tom Cruise's arms. And then when the police show up, he climbs over the fence and runs in the direction of the killer as well. Uh, I, I get there's a scene where he like rigs up a payphone. I don't know what he's doing there. I guess he's it, making it so he can't trace. I think. I think so. Uh, Bravo Echo One One, and because he, he asked for Kittrich, who is like the head of the CIA or the IMF or whatever, which I think is like a pretend branch of the CIA. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells him, "My team is dead." The you, whole team. Are you saying the mission, the impossible mission force, is a made up thing in the government? <laughs> The IMF impossible mission force. I guess we don't know. Do we? <laughs> seems like you're just uh, uh, naive, Steve. That's true. I don't know how the world works. Have you seen the dollar? The, the, like with the E pluribus unum on the back? Yeah. And there's an eyeball. <laughs> it's a whole thing. I'll show you later. If okay. you fold it a certain way. Let me know about that eyeball pyramid. <laughs> the, uh, he says, my team is dead. And then Kittrick says, location green. I'll be there myself. And he's like, you're in Prague, which is weird. But he goes anyway, right? Meet me there in an hour. So he goes to this awesome aquarium restaurant, which is I it's really want to be there. Windows. Well, aquariums. Well, like the exterior even is just mostly window. Yeah. It's kind of like. It's very neat. Yeah. I like the architecture. I would like to dine there. Very chic, very hip, very modern. Kittredge is there and he's like, hey, I know how you, I know how much Jim meant to you. So we get this exposition about how close they were emotionally if we didn't catch that earlier, which we didn't really. Uh, and he gives him exfil plan stands for uh, exfiltration. It, mm. it means get him out of there, Steve. Oh, thank you. I needed that. Yeah, I don't mean to sound condescending. That's like talk down to people. Uh, <laughs> and then she so gives him plans and a passport. Uh, and all of a sudden, Ethan's onto him. There, he's like, "Why was there another team?" Right. So he goes through all the people, like the the drunk couple. He clocked them all. The waiter, um, bow tie at twelve o'clock. Yeah, bow tie. And then yeah. everybody in the restaurant with him now as well. Right. So he's. It shows how good Ethan is at his job, which I, I really like that scene. Um, and then all of a sudden Kittrich is like, all right, bullshit's over. The, it was another IMF team. Uh, it, and basically this was a mole hunt. It was a fake job. Uh, there's a check known as Max, uh, and kitchen or Kittrich thinks <laughs> kitchen <laughs> thinks Ethan is corrupt. Essentially. As yeah. He thinks he's the mole. You're the only one who survived. Like you said, you have to be the asshole. Yeah. Your parents are rich now. Suddenly out of nowhere. Interesting. And the whole max search has been called job 314. So this was a fake operation. Um, and he's, yeah, your father's farm has money now. All of a sudden that's super sus. Um, but Ethan getting angry, he pulls the bomb gum out. Boom. Poor fishies. Can we just talk about the fishies that didn't do anything wrong? Yeah. Now they're just strewn about the streets of Prague for no mm-hmm. reason. There, there are a couple of uh, innocents in this movie whose lives are destroyed. Dozens of fish. Dozens of fish for sure. Mm-hmm. The most innocent. I, and then he runs. I thought the scene was so funny because he throws the gum on the fish tank. Mm-hmm. Is Kittredge the one who gets shit blasted out of the restaurant? I don't I didn't notice. Because there's a person where the, the gum hits the glass this tiny explosion initially goes off, but the person that's maybe 10 feet away from it gets fucking rocketed out of the fucking building. <laughs> I saw somebody. I don't think it was Kittrich. I think it was one of the other agents. Okay, yeah. This poor guy. Just... Kittrich kind of ducked and covered because he knows what Ethan's capable of. Okay. I couldn't tell like with who exactly that was. But yeah, some poor dude gets shit launched out of this restaurant from the smallest explosion ever on movies. It was really funny. But the but the waterfall, That's a. there's a lot of water in that. In that aquarium. Yeah, because it was like it blew up. It broke all the glass, uh, which was the real distraction and damage, not just the explosion itself. Oh, yeah. But I, I loved the the dynamic of 
I don't know what Ethan's doing, but I know what he's capable of. And he seems really confident. So I'm going to hunker down. You know what I mean? Like that's what Kittrich is like. I don't know what's going on, but oh my God. You know, <laughs> I, I like that about this it. seems like the best idea. Yeah. I like that about it. Um, but, but yeah, he runs off. But he goes back to their, the crow's nest, their HQ, which. Yeah. Is that a good idea? Well, he's got to get what he thinks is money there. And he's got all of his uh, other identity passports that he has to in order to, to make a run for it. Wouldn't Kittredge know that where their HQ is? Maybe not because that was like a probably not. It's probably like a um, uh, protocol to keep that as limited as possible. Right. For for leaks and safety. So like okay. Jim knows. Team knows. Team he knows. knows they're in Prague, but he doesn't know where they're like a little. Because later on, Jim's like, oh, I knew you'd be at the uh, Liverpool hotels and he's like yeah i showed you those you know because it's like a they can choose where they're at on these ops that's true because uh jim has that thing towards the end where he's like i ran the country on my own basically i didn't think i'd be in the position of defending mi1 this whole time from like any criticism but i'm liking this like tennis game because it's not super defensible but i'm trying like a motherfucker and it's it's going well you're doing a great job i'm I'm merely just asking questions no they they need to be asked um i'm just asking questions (laughs) um uh so yeah he goes back to the headquarters uh he pulls up a hidden gun out of the thing He, he like lays broken glass alarms outside the apartment right that's a good move with the light bulbs there starts packing up his shit can't find the money he's getting upset uh washes the literal blood off his hands a little on the nose there and searching for job 314 on this old school computer it's like, on internet link he's like job 314 dang man no searches on the internet for that uh uh max secret agent no results <laughs> Pornhub. No, not now. Uh, and then Later. He, but then he pulls out the Bible because he had that thought. <laughs> no, I, I, it's, it's that thing that movies do where they're at a computer. Ah, I can't solve it. And then you just look forward and the thing you see just mm. beyond your line of sight is the answer. And he, so he looks up and he sees uh, the Holy Bible. It's not Job. Thinks, it's Job. It's Job. Holy it's, shit. It's Job Bluth from Arrested Development. And thank God this Bible was brought here. Like this apartment didn't have a Bible. No, Jim brought this, this a, Bible this from the hotel Bible. <laughs> yeah. Why did he bring the hotel know. Bible with him from Chicago to Prague? It, was he in the Chicago hotel? Like where else is he going to find a Bible if he needs to send secret he, messages? He started, Steve? Re- he started reading the Bible. He was like, this is a really good book. I got to finish it. I got to know how this ends. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The book says I shouldn't steal, but eh. I'm not going to miss it. Eh. I'm already going to murder. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going to proudly display it on the bookshelf. And I'm going to put it on the shelf. Temporary HQ. It makes no sense. (laughs) Why did he bring that from Chicago and then put it on the shelf in Prague? And then why did Ethan take it? Like none of them are confident they're going to be able to find another Bible. (laughs) I just. What if it's not King James version? Now I'm thinking of, of, of Jim being this guy that's like. All right, we're going to have a really hard mission tomorrow. Everybody get ready. These are your roles. But also, I really think it would be great if you guys just read a couple passages. <laughs> just center yourself. You know, it really just makes me feel good about life, knowing that the big guys up there were looking out over us. <laughs> Let there be light. That's what I always say. He, like, starts to quote it, but, like, not in a good way. Like, that, how's that apply to the situation? I don't know, man. Job 314 says... <laughs> Love thy neighbor. Austin 316. I was going to say Austin 316. Give me a hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. I'll tell you what, when I think the mission's not doable, 
<laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin's gonna walk down 316 Gimmick Street and stop a mud hole in Jim Phelps' ass. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> he sends a warning message to Max. He's trying to establish a relationship there uh, using the Job 314 lingo. Uh, and then he sends it in German. And this is the only scene I, I actively hated. He sent, I think, two emails. One in German, auf Deutsch, for no reason. But there's like a montage of him typing for so long that he's falling asleep. And I don't understand what well, else th- he was doing. I think. Would he get lost I, in a Wikipedia wormhole, which we are apt <laughs> we to do. do. We've all done that. <laughs> no, I think what he was doing is he doesn't actually know what Max's email is. So he's cold emailing anybody who could match that. Any email he can think of with the hopes that. Oh. One of them will be the real Max, realize what he's saying, and then respond in kind with whatever that lingo that so he's, he's sending. Using. Back then, there was probably only a few thousand email addresses, you know? Yeah, there was Tom Hanks and <laughs> Meg Ryan's email That's from right. We've Got Mail. That's it. Yeah. I, 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 they, they surely got this email. They uh-huh. did. <laughs> I don't know what this he's, means. He sent back a Godfather quote. Like, is this the game we're playing, motherfucker? <laughs> um as a deep you've got mail reference that <laughs> I hope Enza appreciated. <laughs> Just Enza. <laughs> I know for sure that she got it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's falling. So he didn't sleep. He's a sleepy boy. And then he sees, uh, he hears the glass crunching, right? And then it's, it's Jim. But wait, it's Dream Jim. It's a nightmare. It's actually Claire. Ah, he doesn't trust her. He slings her across the room. Uh, and then there's this, I, I kind of like the scene, honestly. It's a little silly, but like he throws her on the bed. It's almost, it's like romantic, but also violent and not at all. And she's scared. And he's like, why are you alive? And why did you wait so long to come back here? And it's kind of comical because she's like, that was the plan. If we abort, yeah, we, we I wait till four, four, yeah. four a.m. Oh, 400, four a.m. Four o'clock. It's four a.m. Oh, 400. It's four. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I live my life every day as like Blake Maislin says, four, 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 four. Call thought, Blake Maislin. I thought now. you were going to say <laughs> a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> my life. Yeah. Well, yeah, that too. That Does too. It, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, Steve. Yeah. I was a huge fan of the scene. I I really don't like the dynamic they put between Ethan and Claire. It's too. There's already the weird wrinkle that she's Jim's wife. Which you don't is think if you're fucking a, weird, if you're a beautiful super spy married to John Voight, you don't think you're going to fall for Tom Cruise. Oh, I don't. I don't. Because you are. Sure. I, yes. <laughs> I don't care how short he is. I can understand falling in love with a with a specimen that looks like that. Sure. He's like, we got to get rid of your thetans. Other than that, you're a great gal. <laughs> also, we're going to some people are going to follow you the rest of your life. Uh, <laughs> no, I just think the way they kind of go about presenting it is weird. Like her. If we are to believe that she is actually John Voight's husband and John Voight is Ethan Hunt's like role model mentor, Ethan the Hunt. way that they immediately are like. If it wasn't for the fact that the government wants us, we would be fucking so hard right now. Like, that's the energy that this scene has. Sure. I like that kind of energy. I, sure, but I don't think it fits the context very well. Like, it would be a completely different movie and maybe even a better movie if it was a drama about two people who love someone, they pass away, and now they're like, but we want to fuck. You know what makes me horny, Steve? What? International intrigue. Danger. Ooh. I can't disavow that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the next morning uh, and, you know, Ethan's saying, hey, I, they think I killed everyone else. Right. So they can't they, they can't know that you're alive. And also 
uh, you're they're going to assume you're with me if they find out you are alive. Right. So he's, he's worried about the hundred K that was dumped in his father's bank account. His plan is to get get Max the actual list uh, and then the real mole if he knows he has the list, we'll find him because there's no way for me to find the mole. I'm going to make him find me. Mm-hmm. And Claire, you're going to be assumed to be with me, right? Solid She's like, plan. well, I just come out and say you're cool. You know, <laughs> he's like, that's not going to work. Um, and then, yeah, he gets a message from Max for Job that Max wants to meet. He's like, ooh, we're in there, baby. Uh, so the, the, he has to go to the guy on the bench and ask for a match. So he goes up to Fabio and he's like, can I get a match? I love the the, the dude from Die Hard lighting the match. It like, is I have him, a, right? I, I don't know if that's 100% him, but it looks just like him. It does. Not. I love how he asks him for a match. And this is the point of view shot that you're talking about, right? Yes. And the guy just lights a match and then a car just fucking <laughs> like peels out like, oh, the match is lit. <laughs> what if he got bored and wanted a uh, smoke? Oh, it's false alarm. Oh, false alarm, guys. I just needed a ciggy. <laughs> Oops. Go around the block. We will do it again. <laughs> Oops. That's on me. That's on me. That is my bad. Oh, shit. He's actually here. Light the match. <laughs> we will have to blindfold you. We can't. You can't know where Max lives. We, but don't worry. I sold you this pretty Max. <laughs> like it's, little eyes. It's and got shit little on it. buttons on it. <laughs> <laughs> you will love it. It's a silly little Max. <laughs> we thought it would be funny if you look silly. They put effort into making that. <laughs> Somebody sewed that. It's what I do when I'm waiting for people to come ask me for a light. <laughs> Because I can't smoke. So I just make the mask. <laughs> that is what they call in Germany two birds. <laughs> One stone. Mm-hmm. Where are we at here? I lost my notes. If Max doesn't like what you have to say, you will wear it indefinitely. <laughs> he said, I'll take that risk, which is not. It doesn't make that response. Doesn't make sense. Because the guy, let me break it down for you. Let me take the mask off. I want to see Max. You can't see mask. And in fact, I don't think you're aware you of how serious this is. You can't see Max. <laughs> you can't see Max. And in fact, Max might kill you if she don't like what you have to say. I'll take that risk. Damn, got me there. Takes off the hood. What the fuck? Oh, you have hoodwinked me. <laughs> I, have had, I have been bamboozled. Honestly, I just like how you look in the mask. Actually, I just I've feel bad. so hard on it. I feel bad standing next to you because you are so sexy looking, and <laughs> it makes me feel self confident about myself. <laughs> but oh, plot twist: Max is a woman. Nineteen ninety six. What? Um, Women can be gangsters too. He wants one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and he's very cocksure about this. And, and in fact, Max likes him pretty much immediately because he's Tom Cruise. Uh, and he re- he reveals to her that he's not Job, which they suspected. And he says, "I'm a disavowed knock, right?" Uh, and then his whole plan is uh, is pretty enticing to Max. I love the dialogue in this scene. I really do. I think the interplay and the back and forth is very very well done. I think the woman who plays Max and Tom Cruise have very good chemistry. So you think they have the best chemistry? Oh yeah, I would. I I want them to get down. <laughs> you do. Yeah. You want Max and Ethan to get down? Oh yeah. They can talk about all the knock lists they want. <laughs> knock boots. Give me a name. <laughs> Give me a name. And is it just me? Were you, feel, were you feeling it? I know that she's really into him. I don't know if it's reciprocated. 
Well, he he can't be into her because you know he's got a vendetta. He doesn't want to work outside the law. Yeah, he's too busy to explore those feelings. But I get what you're saying. You, the the fake the faux charm he's putting on. Mm-hmm. I felt it. I, I did. I, I'm with you though. I love this back and forth. This has got to be David Kep dialogue because uh, he's saying, you know, hey, the the disc that you've been given is a decoy. It's going to bring the agents here as soon as you boot it up, which takes a while because you're on dial-up internet. But hopefully. You paid your AOL subscription. Actually, I've got like a bunch of these discs that'll give you 30 days free of AOL. <laughs> That's how I can help you. Yeah. Oh, remember those? Nope. Yeah, I do. Um, I will go stand on the balcony and see if I can see the coppers coming. <laughs> nope. All clear. All good. <laughs> Even totally missed all the guys rolling up, right? Wunderbar. But she says uh, something. I'm not going to say it as, well, as articulately as she does, but she says basically like... Um, you say that the disc is going to bring the cops here and I can't test that theory without potentially bringing the cops here. Very convenient for you, right? Like it's very clever. I like all of this. Uh, but eventually they decide they find a way to test it. You think they're about to get busted because Kittredge and the guys roll in. But everybody had dipped already, right? They're all wearing um, like white lab coats and shit. And K- yeah. Kind of odd. Kittredge is like, these guys are trained to be ghosts. We, ta- we taught them. We trained them that way. Let's make him come to us because we know his uncle and his mom. He loves him. Mm-hmm. He's a mama's boy. You got to find what he loves and squeeze him. And, and you cut to the mother going, ah, stop squeezing me. It's a weird scene. You're hurting me. <laughs> You're hugging too tight. I thought this was a hug. And then we cut to fucking uh, Gunther will never let me have one of his apartments again. But she's so happy because she's like, oh, the handsome man is also telling me the truth. Mm. He's useful. Mm. You are a good sport. Like she's into it. Right. Uh, and Job was trying to get six million dollars. That's what he was going to get for this offer. Ethan says he wants 10. I want 10. I want 10. And he's playing the part of somebody because he's like, if I was really a crooked person trying to fill Job's shoes, I would ask for more. Mm -hmm. He's smart like that, right? But I also want Job at the exchange. And she likes Ethan, like I said. Mm -hmm. But he needs 150K up front to, you know. To to fund the operation. Fund the operation. Uh, So we cut. They're they're flying across countries um, several times throughout this movie. That shit adds up. Plus, I like my movies on my flights. The in-flight films are expensive. Yeah, I love the Ukraine cinema. And they got those tapes. I've only got 26 sour bullets. And uh, I like the sour ones. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the best. Uh, We cut back to him and Claire. They do it. She's doing an inventory check. And he's like, what are you doing checking inventory? You trying to party? And she's like, it's like you said, I'm with you. If I'm not dead. Uh, and then he's like, we're going to need help, though. So he wants to recruit help from other disavowed folks. And he's able to use the IMF mainframe to find the addresses of disavowed folks. And and listeners, if you've never seen these movies before, get used to Ethan Hunt being disavowed. <laughs> yes. It's, it's the shtick. It's, it happens a lot. He's a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. All right. It's like the give me your gun and your badge captain thing. It's, like, it's part of the genre. When uh, we cut to fucking Ving Rhames and was it Jean Reno? Jean Reno? Jean Reno. Or it's Gene Reno if you're from America. <laughs> I love him. Gene Reno. He's, I wish he was in more shit. He's great. Yeah. He's great. And love Ving Rhames. Same with Ving Rhames. I wish Ving Rhames was in more shit. Yeah. Oh, I almost said it. My my tick thing. 100%. 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, and he wants to use them to break into the IMF mainframe in Langley. That's his off the wall idea the top of mount everest for hacking hackers yeah because he's he's luther stickle the net ranger and franz is the other guy he hacked the nato ghost com 
and live to tell the tale. I'm not going to admit that I did that, but what a hell of a job that was. Whoever did that was awesome. Probably has a huge wiener. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and he's like, it was you, I know. Uh, and then Franz is like the helicopter guy. I don't even know what use he can be because he fucks up the whole mission um, and turns out to be dirty. But Franz? Yeah, Franz. Oh, I've, oh okay. I guess that is his name. I have him as Krieger in my notes. It's Franz Krieger. Yeah, I, I totally just did not pick up his first name was Franz. Yeah, I'm Franz. From France. That's that's how Gene Reno sounds. I'm France. France from France. Uh, and then, <laughs> but Ethan's like, no, relax. It's much worse than you think. Uh, the terminal's in a black vault behind voice, retina, and double electronic key card security. And once inside, there's sound sensitivity, temperature sensitivity, and pressure sensitivity alarms, all protected by uh, a laser-protected duct is Air the only way into duct. it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all we got to do is get through all that, guys. Mm-hmm. And we cut to Langley. Uh, we see firemen going in because well, Luther's. Hey, before we go in and talk about this heist, what we need to do is talk, talk about, about the opposite of a heist. People who give us things, people who support us, the super patrons for the month of June. Guys. Without whom there would the mission would truly be impossible. We would not be able to accept them and it would just be destroyed without us accepting it. Yeah. So these are patrons who have gone on to patreon.com slash dreaming things and have supported the show at the highest tiers possible. And we like to give them a shout out every episode. You ready for the shout out? Shout it on wanna, out. Do you want to read it this time? These are the things we couldn't do without. So come, come on. on. I'm talking to you. Just yeah. a copper pot. <laughs> yeah. We can't sing go. the whole thing. Yeah. We got Stanton Valentino. Love it. We got Svento Seven. Love we him. got Jaron Bowers. Yeah. We got Jenny. We got AK, Ashley Ray, Alan Tomlinson, Alan Wendy O'Laughlin, Jason Hawkins, Trey Barrera, Conrad, David Malfara, Kaylee Sampson, Rabbit Dog in a Barbie car. Best name. Jose Ruben Cruz Rodriguez, Alexis Adler, Thomas Alexander. Emmy, Joe Velez, Valerie, Aaron Layton, John Collins, Amanda King, Sun Loving Mortal, Andrew Gray, Dinklage, Morgone, Morgoon, Morgoon, Jen Robinson, Kate, Chloe Richardson, Kalisha Reeves, Kiki Newton, Kevin Strother, Jeanette Murphy, Casey McCain, and Enza. Oh, so thank you guys for keeping the light on. And thank you for all the other patrons who are at lower tiers who also support us every Jake single the Snake. Jake, Jake the Snake Roberts is a supporter of us? Jake the Snake is a supporter. That's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. We gosh. appreciate your thanks, Jake. Your patronage and sacrifice in the squared circle. Please throw Damien on me, Jake. <laughs> that was his snake's name. But in Langley, we see firemen going in because Luther's setting off the alarms. That's their big plan. Kittridge is trying to figure out where in the world Ethan Hunt is. He's like Carmen San Diego. Little does he know he's in the building robbing him blind right now. Uh, Claire, by the way, at this point, it occurred to me Claire doesn't seem sad about her husband. And I put Has she. I put, I wouldn't be either, <laughs> but also it's because she knows he's alive. Right. Right. Um, and, I, and I put, Ooh, Ethan and Franz were fire boys the whole time. We didn't know. Mm. <laughs> he stops Krieger from killing the guy. Cause he's not interested in killing innocent IMF agents. Cause he's a good dude. He's a good dude. Right. Uh, and then Claire squirts pen juice into the, some guy's coffee. And it's Don't the, like that. It's the guy. It's the guy who we saw is the only one allowed in the vault from earlier. And yeah, he's, uh, William Donalo. Yeah, William Donalo. He's he's very okay with her sitting uncomfortably close at an empty bench in the cafeteria. <laughs> but like, she's a beautiful woman. Maybe that's what they're saying. Like, eh. I mean, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What do you, like? Hi. Even if she wasn't a beautiful woman, like, what are you gonna do if you're sitting there and someone just sits uncomfortably close to you? Do you? 
do you make that? You want some Cheez-Its? Do you do the obvious <laughs> passive aggressive re- rebuke of that person by just <sighs> getting up and walking away? <laughs> yeah, I would maybe pretend to pee or something mm. and then just go eat my lunch or, in my office. Or you could do the very aggressive thing and go, uh, can you move? Just to be clear, I would not <laughs> pretend to pee in the cafeteria. I would go to the back. <laughs> I would leave. Now, Chris, now I know you're lying. Psst, I'm just standing there. <laughs> That's my move. This is what happened when people get uncomfortably close to me. It's a defense mechanism. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, she, she squirts the pen juice. and <laughs> Every time. I don't like it. And then I put suction cup climby boy, which... It's one of those iconic scenes. You ever want to climb a wall with those things? Because I do. Constantly. They look like perfect push-ups, but that stick to things. Yeah. They I want like them fun. badly. They look like fun. They do. Claire, I don't have. I don't know if I have the upper body strength, but I want to try it. Claire puts a tracker patch on uh, Coffee Boy, and uh, we, we see his, his transponder beacon kind of light up on Luther's end of things. And then Ethan and Franz get to the laser duct, uh, and they've got this really cool, like, one of the coolest pieces of tech in the movie, I think, is the magnet screw gun thing mm, where like yeah. it comes through the duct and then and they easily block the lasers. They're, they get through this like ridiculous amount of security pretty easily, actually. And if Franz wasn't a fuck up, it would have gone without a hitch. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Krieger's terrible at his job. He's very bad. He's awful. And he uses the same knives to stab everybody on every mission, apparently. <laughs> hey, man, he, that's a quality brand. Once you find a style you like. That's a brand he trusts, yeah. right? <laughs> I like this one for stabbing. Uh, and then Franz sneezes like a doof. And he's like, don't do that anymore because there's sound sensitivity. He's like, I got you. I'm just allergic to, to ducks. Uh, I get it, though. It's dusty up there. And then <laughs> I like the duck noise. I'm not going to I'm not going <laughs> to bulldoze through that. I, that was a quality duck joke. It was an Emilio Estevez reference, too, in a way. Like, yeah. Quack, quack, quack. <laughs> Ethan being lowered in. <laughs> William Dunlow's on his way, but he's getting the bubble guts from that pin juice, baby. <laughs> And he's he, bubblegum pen juice. He comes into the <laughs> vault. Uh, that's yeah. the latest boba tea flavor that's coming out near you. He comes into the vault, vomits into the trash can. Uh, and the only thing they don't have in this vault by way of security is cameras, apparently, <laughs> which would have. Yeah. <laughs> when you go the extra mile of making like pressure sensitivity, kind of weird sensitivity. It's weird that you wouldn't have a cameras in too. What if they didn't know that they had cameras and there's people just watching Ethan being lowered in? Like, the fuck is he doing? Yeah, they're in the ducks. <laughs> yeah, put Fine. it. <laughs> that is a good point. I, I never thought about this watching this movie until. That would be the least. That wouldn't cost them shit. No. Compared to everything else they're doing. You know, for 40 bucks, we could have had a lot more effective security. We could add some more cameras. Oh, we can't go over budget. Mm-mm. But these are just cameras. It's 40. Ah, we can't go a single dollar over budget, sir. We blew the whole load on the floor. In retrospect, a little too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But drops of water, they fall on that floor. We know, baby. How's that helpful? That alarm has to go off constantly because they show the condensation of that dude's cup drops on the ground and it sets the alarm. That has to happen all the time. Well, if that guy, they're like, William, it's the third time this week you've left a cup in there. I'm sorry. You're going to be out of shit canned if this happens again. That's why they fired him unceremoniously after this. It it wasn't just because he got duped. It's because they were just like, finally, I have a reason to get rid of this dude. And that one poor guy that just overheard that Ethan broke into the IMF got sent to Alaska. Yeah. This place sucks. Uh, but he leaves. Same and, as clothes. And he goes to go throw up in the bathroom. Ethan gets lowered down again, starts hacking in. 
Uh, and, and Franz is already straining. Right. They should have used a, a, a better a, – I can't stress enough that he sucks. Uh, Luther sees that he's taking but the knock it, list. It, it's such an iconic shot though. It Tom is. Cruise the tension of, in this whole sequence is immaculate. Yeah, it's well done. This is the best sequence in the whole movie. Iconic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise on the floor, baby. Uh, and Luther sees that he's what, – what they're stealing is the knock list. And he's like, oh my god. If he's wearing glasses, he would have taken them off. Uh, oh my god. A rat starts to approach Franz. Which reminded me of his character in Wanted. <laughs> He's the rat guy. Yeah, that's true. He, he puts yeah. bombs on him. That's a movie I haven't thought of in a long time. Uh, Ethan has multiple discs, and I put probably can't hold the whole word file on there. <laughs> um, and Franz slips and does the iconic drop on Ethan where he has to like stop right above the floor, like a hair above the floor. Well, he slips because he goes to kill the, the rat. Yeah. Because the rat's slowly, you know, he's just being a rat. He's squeaking. He's being doing little rat things. Hey, friend, what you guys doing up here? I just don't see many people like you up here in the ducks. You crawl around up here too? Oh, my goodness. I'm just going to come over and help you out. Give you a little. (gasps) Dead. Like, Krieger is a dude that stabs people to death. Yeah. He's he's talented enough to fly a helicopter in a train tunnel. He has some skills, right? Sure. I love the idea that he's like, oh my God, is that a fucking rat? He's, oh no. Everybody has their thing. <laughs> oh, get that thing away from me. <laughs> he should have just he should have just counted to five, let the fear in, and then moved on with the job. I wish he would have done like <laughs> <laughs> That's what he did do. He's he does like this. Oh, move. But it is it is kind of impression that impressive that he's able to let go of the rope, and I guess catch it. Punch the rat. <laughs> And then catch the rope again. Just let the rat know is who's that boss. What, is that what he's? They don't show him kill the rat. But I didn't, is that? Is that like? I thought what, he just flailed to like shoo it, and you know. Well, it's dead behind him. I guess he killed it. Yeah. Like or knocked out. Maybe it's unconscious. I assume he like let go of the rope and then did like a bonk, like bonked it real hard. Maybe he stabbed it because he's got the knife out later. True. He's quick with that blade. But I, but I don't think he would be quick enough to like let go, pull out knife, stab. Oh, he's quick. I, I, oh, okay. He was quick enough to get Sarah through the gate, and she's a trained agent. Think about ah, gotcha. that. Think about that. That's true. What if that was, he was just trying to teach him how to cook, that rat. <laughs> He's like, my, hey, hey, buddy. If you let me pull on your hair, I can pull this rope up for you. Maybe ah. maybe if he let the rat control him, he could have survived the train sequence. We we don't know. Because that, that, that rat just wanted to be an ace helicopter pilot. We don't know. Mm-hmm. In fact, maybe he wasn't a double agent. Maybe the rat did take control, and that's why. <laughs> that's why. <gasps> oh, I like this theory. He was assimilated by the Rat King. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but while he's down there, Ethan's right above the floor. The heat starts rising. He starts to sweat. We know what tiny drops of lubrication can do in that room, damn it. And Will, Will goes back to puke again. We cut back and forth. The sweat's dripping down Ethan's face. He catches it. And his gloved palm and that iconic shot. I don't know how he had the room to maneuver that arm, but he did it, baby. Uh, and by the way, apparently Tom Cruise's forehead kept hitting the floor when they were trying to shoot this scene. Jesus, ow. So he weighted his shoes with coins because he's actually balancing on that like contraption that they had there. And he put a, more, a little more weight in his feet and he was able to stay above the floor without touching any ah. part of it on camera. That's pretty smart. But the rope is making noise. It's going to set off the noise alarm. And then Franz, right as Ethan almost gets back into the duct, Franz drops his knife and it stabs into the table. But luckily, he's uh, William's coming into the room, so it doesn't set off an alarm. But William's very confused by the knife protruding from his desk because he's the only one allowed in that room. 
Uh, and he looks up at the vent and goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's and, the knock list. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Ethan throws the, does the smoke in the vents move to get everybody to be rushed out by uh, the firemen. And then you put their fireman outfits back on. Did, did Krieger call him messy? Um, what like, do you mean? So when a little bit before this, when he when he pulls Tom Cruise up. Sure. Like right before he drops his knife. Does he like look at you and go messy almost as if to call Tom Cruise like you're sloppy? No, you silly boy. What did he say? He's French. He said merci. Uh, <laughs> did, did Ethan say thank you? No, that's he, he was saying. I don't know why he said thank you, actually, but he definitely says thank you. I think it's because he was tired of holding him. OK. All right. I thought it was just another wrinkle of like, man, this Krieger's a douche because he's like sloppy. <laughs> like, yeah, you fucked that up. I did great. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm killing it up here. <laughs> Look at this rat I killed. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I held your bitch ass and I killed a rat. All right. <laughs> Merci. I'm two for two. Oh. Okay. That makes, I'm glad you're here. I brought the baguette for us to snack. Because <laughs> <laughs> French wine is too rich for English bellies. Any hoozle. Kittredge gets the phone call that they've been robbed, and then he sends the other guy to Alaska. I want that employee manning a radar radar tower in Alaska by the end of the day. We'll mail him his clothes. I don't know if you can do that. You can do anything in the IMF. Uh, The crew leaves um, as firemen successfully. and then back at the at HQ, Ethan busts out the old Bible so he can message Max because he keeps forgetting <laughs> the old Bible <laughs> the passages. Uh, if Franz is being really annoying, hey, Ethan, Ethan, Ethan Hunter, talk to me. <laughs> I miss you. I wish Krieger was this French. I want to talk to Ethan. I killed a rat. Ethan, do you have up-close magic you can perform in front of me? It's I love it. kind of poetic that I was with a rat and I am the rat in the crew, no? Also, I'm from Perry <laughs> and so is Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wants assurances that he's going to get his money. Uh, and then he pulls out the knock list and there's a really cool sequence. I think it's fun. It's classic cruise stuff where he's like, I got the list. So he makes sure I go with you to meet Max. And Ethan's like, nah, dummy, that's a fake list. And he does a bunch of sleight of hand. By the way, that's not camera tricks. That is real sleight of hand magic that Tom Cruise is performing. Yeah, he's actually a wizard. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Harry. That's what Scientology gets you, man. You you get magic powers. But what's funny about this scene is he was playing mind games with him because Krieger did have the real knock list the whole time. Um, And then Ving Rhames is just in the background like, I like magic. If you try to slide a hand any slide a hand with my money, I'll cut your throat. Yeah, and I'm gonna leave because I'm angry because I feel silly. Mm. I, f- I feel silly now. I hate up close magic. I do not like English people. Stupid Americans. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go smoke a cigarette. Who has a match? Er, you hear a car roll. <laughs> we see Drake Hotel, Chicago, stamped on the Bible. And, uh? and we notice that Ethan, now you can see in this scene that Ethan realizes everything in that moment. Like, oh, fuck, it's Jim Phelps, star of the original show. Damn it. It was him the whole time. And then Claire, I think it's, it's weird that the way they wrote this scene, because she comes up to him and very earnestly says, I'm so sorry. And it's like she's apologizing for being a double agent. You know what I mean? But she's ostensibly apologizing for Krieger, 
But like, there's so much weight to the way that she says it. And it's right as we see Ethan realize that it's Jim all along that she's, I'm so sorry. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like on a second watch, I think it's meant to have a different uh, meaning. And Krieger did well, have the I knock list. I think that's true because he eventually, he, he figures out it's Jim in this moment, but he, and he goes through all these steps to figure out if Claire's in on it specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Um, and then we see a, a funny little scene where Luther's trying the sleight of hand tricks. Um, <laughs> and then Kittredge is angry about IMF getting robbed. So he frames Ethan's mom and uncle for like this massive drug ring. So Hunt goes to call Kittredge. And there's a cool scene where he's tracking his own time because he knows how long it would take them to find his position, to geolocate him if they will. Uh, and Hunt uh, wanted him to know that he was in London. That's what Kittred says, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and Jim was next to him the whole time, wearing one of those creepy trench coats that you wear if you want to, like, flash your dick to people, <laughs> which is another. <laughs> that's this what is, they're for, right? This is my Saturday ritual. <laughs> I just happened to stumble. <laughs> oh, Ethan, hi. Oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> weird bumping into you like this. <laughs> um, did you did you find my Bible? <laughs> <laughs> I need, I, clearly, I need it back. <laughs> like, so they catch up on how Jim tracked him. Uh, climbed out of the river. It was bleeding everywhere. It was crazy. He should have been there. But uh, Kittredge is the mole. Yeah, and then Jim says Kittredge is the one that shot him, and uh, and it's Jim behind it all. And we get this montage of why, which I think is neat. It's kind of interesting that while Jim's lying, the movie's not interested in like having anyone believe that anymore. If there's anyone out there who still doesn't mistrust John Voight, it shows like the reenactment is all of the John Voight being what a slime ball did, stuff. Yeah. yeah I, th I thought it was interesting. Did you dig that? Oh yeah. I thought it was great. Cause it, it, this is a movie that doesn't think it's audience is stupid for the most part. Yeah. So like, it's like, yeah, you guys know at this point he's the bad guy. So let's kind of show you kind of how Ethan's piecing it together. I do like the little bit where it shows that Claire's in on it by blowing up the, the car, but then he's like, no, no. Not, not like that. He could have done it himself. Yeah. Yeah, he's still unwilling to believe the obvious that Claire's in on it as well. Exactly. I thought the Franz knife was a good touch, even though it's silly if you think about it too long, that he just has like seven of his favorite knives and all the same brand. It's a trusted brand. He That's knows true. he looks, it lo they look cool. They stab well. They, they kill people quickly. They stab right? well. Yeah. Uh, I want your most stabbiest knife. I would like your finest knife. <laughs> That's not a knife. For the killing. Uh, Claire blew up Hannah, he thinks. No, no, himself. And then he says, why, Jim? And it's like he's asking Jim why Jim is the asshole. But at the same time, he's still kind of going along with it. Like, why did Kittredge do that, right? Um, and then Jim says, uh, no one can know about him being alive or that I was out here doing what I was doing with this trench coat. Please don't tell anybody. It's something that I, I'm going through a phase. I like to show I'm, my, going, I'm uh, going through phase. <laughs> Listen, I'm not proud of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I got to I got to get this out of me, out of my system till I get my yeah. Bible back. Claire. Uh, and then Claire, we see like Claire beckon Ethan over and she like kissy kisses his hand. So I assume they make sweet love. Right. Which is kind of awkward because Ethan's like, your husband's alive. <laughs> but also you might have killed our friends. <laughs> but also you're hot. So I don't know what to do here. Mm. Cut. We don't know what decision Ethan Smash made. Smash cut. <laughs> Kittredge uh, receives TGV, T -T -G -V tickets. It's the fucking bullet train. What? 
TGV tickets. TGV. TGV. You remember GTV? <laughs> yeah. G- garage television. Um, I was confused, but it's the bullet train. And basically this is Ethan early on wanting to loop IMF in for the arrest, right? Into his master plan. Um, and we see like someone back to like the spy noir stuff. Mystery man's taking pieces out of a radio and that's how they smuggled a gun on board. Uh, and Max receives a phone call from Ethan. The disc is under her seat. So he gave her the real knock list. But Luther's job is to make sure that they don't have Internet access to upload it to their mainframe or whatever. Um which gets thwarted by the fucking waiter on the plane for a moment. Uh, and the money's but in the baggage train. You mentioned that Kittredge also got the watch and tickets for the train as well. That's the TGV tickets. Yeah, but he also got the watch. That's important. He did all oh, so he could watch what's going on. He could watch what's going on. <laughs> exactly. Nice. That's yeah. right, baby. Um, and then... Yeah, Luther is blocking Max from transmitting. Uh, the train attendant fucks everything up with the phone move. And then Kittredge sees Fabio trying to get in uh, the bathroom while Luther's in the potty. That's not cool. So he runs over there like, hey, man, <laughs> wait your turn. <laughs> I don't care how bad you got to be. Hey, man. It's not cool. I don't know how you do things over here, but in America, people shit in peace. Yeah. All right. That is that is a sacred temple in there. All right, it is a throne upon which we sit. Uh, Claire knows about Jim. She tells Jim she sees Jim sitting in the baggage train where the money is. Please don't kill Ethan. So she does have feelings for Ethan, right? Like he'll just we, we we'll keep him alive. We'll frame him for it. Is it a good idea to kill him? Mm. Jim is Ethan. What? Holy he shit! He had the mask thing on. And then real Jim comes out. All looted and booted with a gun. Uh, looted and booted. And he's like, they stamped it, didn't they? Those damn Gideons. <laughs> I knew I should have checked for a stamp. I knew if I took that I, one Bible from Chicago to Prague, that it might unravel this whole thing. I knew I could have just owned my own fucking Bible. <laughs> or like literally, it's the most published book on the planet. I probably could have found one anywhere. You can or really- actually come to think of it, I don't know why I needed it at all. Because it's just Job 314. It's pretty easy to memorize. Mm-hmm. Eh, well, what's done is done. Oh, well. Guess I'll kill you now. I just wanted a, a memento from the place where I drummed up this whole good plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I would look back on this Bible and smile. Good times when I killed everybody I knew and loved. Uh, and he's really like, not only, I can understand why fans of the show were angry. Because it's not only like they had him make this calculated move to set himself up for retirement after a life of good service and be like uh, jaded kill a bunch of people who you know respected him and trusted him that's fine honestly but it's like <laughs> he's also just like a piece of shit like oh, he's yeah. shitty to his wife he's like yeah. i knew you'd want her after once once you tasted the goods i've tasted the goods and then like ew 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 ethan gets him on camera with the glasses that's great you, you were wrong about one thing She's not the only one who knows you're alive, right? Why the fuck does he shoot Claire instead of Ethan? It makes explain this to me, Steve, because it's the only thing that makes this movie like to me not like a, a home run is that decision. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, I agree. You have it's, no reason. There, he, he like I, pulls the gun the, off of his antagonist and shoots his wife. Yeah, he's got the Why? gun trained on Ethan. Just shoots her just because. Fuck her, I guess. I don't know, like, why he does it. And then he just runs away. He could literally have just shot Ethan 900 times before even... Well, there's two bullets in there. 
He could have shot Ethan like twice yeah. before running away. Yes. You know, <laughs> it's so dumb. Also, I love how Ethan's like, I'm not the only one who's ever seen you. Let me take a solid 30. Well, he says, it's not a gun. To pull out the glasses and slowly put them up. You know what these are. <laughs> like you, you literally you, invented You these. explained these to me. They were integral to your plan. <laughs> and then like he puts the glasses on and then John Voight's like, oh, fuck, that's my thing. Oh, you did the glasses oh, thing. You already had the face mask. You should have stopped him, Claire. Bang. <laughs> yeah. You didn't tell me you had the glasses. Bang. Mm-hmm. You bitch. <laughs> like, what? You kissed what? his knuckles, didn't why? you? Why did he shoot Claire? Because she kissed his knuckles. And he was jealous. Mm. Uh, and then there has to be, in this type of movie, a chase and a fight on top of a train or it's not a real movie. Train level. Uh, and then we get, the, ooh, the suction cups make a comeback mm-hmm. on the train because bullet trains are going Dude, very fast. I love the effect of how fast and powerful this train is. Yeah. Because they have to be on the ground or else it will fly them off the yeah. train and they it's so well done and and ethan's th- wild for not having the suction cuppy thingies but he's still going out there baby yeah exactly. and this movie does something that i wish the future movies would do they don't do it the one thing i wish that would carry on that they don't is that ethan looks stupid sometimes right he looks silly in terms, like you don't see this type of thing in action movies a lot, where he's up on the train and the wind's like blowing his cheeks, and he's making yeah. he's making goofy, weird faces. Even in the 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 wire scene in the the heist, like he makes some weird, silly faces that you don't see movie stars. Yeah, he doesn't do. always have to look cool; it's it's real. And I could and I understand why people are like, oh, we can't make our hero look silly. That we can't make dumb faces. I actually think that's so endearing, and it grounds it. Like, oh, yeah. this perfect looking person is also human because they also make silly faces in situations where yes, that's you, why you the would. fast and furious movies are so dumb because they refuse to let the heroes like lose fights and stuff. And yeah. that's what makes, like you said, it humanizes them. Yeah. Jackie Chan knew this in the seventies. Yeah. He gets his what... ass beat the whole time mm-hmm. and then overcomes that. And we love it. Exactly. A hundred percent. And, and the way that Ethan is like, okay, I'm going to look silly doing this, but it'll get me closer to Jen. Let me do a weird little cart flip thing that sucks me further down the train. Yeah. And I'll catch myself. Hopefully it looks awesome. Like it does. It's, it's riveting. It's a really good scene. It's an incredible sequence. And this is what I was referencing earlier when I said, I wanted to talk about something like how this movie affected me. Like, you know, Franz is coming to pick him up. It's, he's got, he called the helicopter Uber, which is a really expensive, like, you know, version that's above us. Exact. Franz then, has accepted your ride. <laughs> he, has, he has a 3.8 on Uber. <laughs> yeah. It's not high. Uh, and then Ethan hooks him onto the train, right? And he gets sucked into the tunnel rather than die. And so he has to like drive the helicopter in the tunnel. By the way, the transfer was terminated that, from Max. That was horrifying. Can you imagine flying a helicopter and you're stuck to a train going yeah. into a tunnel? It's like, uh. But then, Shit. and Ethan's there almost gets chopped his, in half. But then the the rear propeller hits the ceiling when he's trying to angle it to do that. It's all so effective, so well I, done. I do think Franz was uh, uh, he was he was a little like attracted to like ooh. His, oh yeah, his face shifts like ooh. I bet I could cut him in half. <laughs> this is gonna be awesome. Let me just move this joystick a little down. <laughs> I hate this guy. Oh dang it, my tail. But then, like, the, we, we get the bubblegum move on the helicopter after, ju- you know, as soon as he jumps on the helicopter, he's like, dun, 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 dun. And we get, like, the rear conductor seeing all this go on. It's kind of a comedic effect. I look down. I'm sitting there. It's like, it's 1230 a.m., right? Like, it's 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 today. That's how late I'm watching this movie. I'm typing my notes. Dude, my fucking palms were dripping sweat. 
Oh, you were feeling it? And I you took note it? of it. Like, dude, this is like a, causing a physical reaction in me how good this sequence is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's a, that's why I gave I think the movie's great. The, the only thing I wish they would do was they would have made the tunnel slightly larger. Only because there's a scene when that second train goes opposite. There's no way that the, that train and the helicopter can occupy the same space. Well, I would like to think that the propeller is above the train. And then the helicopter is only taking the same width as the other train. Mm-hmm. And so that's how good of a pilot he is, is it was like a, a barely happening. Sure. Uh, but there is, there, it is noticeable when that second train's going by, you don't see the helicopter. Like yeah. They make a point not to be like, look, look at the helicopter barely making it. Because yeah. I think even they know, like, that's kind of hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, uh, Ethan grabbed the suction cuppy thing. Yeah. And then he hops on. He, like you said, he gets the gum bomb out. And he's like, ah, it's lasagna. Don't get any on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Franz doesn't speak it a good English, so he's like, "What? <laughs> you don't speak it a good English?" <laughs> but yeah, he 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 blows up the 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 helicopter. Ethan s- flies back onto yeah, the, the train. The explosion pushes him on, luckily onto the train. And then and Jim's kind of like holding the what do you call that? The little feet of the helicopter. Yeah, he gets done like Jack did in the first scene, killed by Jim. They like show his body getting mutilated. You yeah, know? he gets he falls onto the tracks and gets all busted up. It's not fun. It, yeah, it looks gruesome. And he's got the ten million dollars in his vest. That's yeah. unfortunate. And I appreciate I appreciate that they they show him getting his just desserts. Yep. That's right. Uh and then Luther gives up Max and the disc to Kittrich um and then there's a cool sequence where she tries to bribe him and shit and it's not going to go well for her right and he's like my lawyers are going to tear you apart and he's like oh let's just avoid the court i sent a guy to alaska i don't remember who that was i can do whatever i want yeah i'm gonna send you to alaska <laughs> um so the, and then i'll they co- mail you your clothes they covered everything up because the next thing we see is ethan and luther together but we can hear the news like oh it's fucking crazy there's a helicopter in the train tunnel what a freak accident so we know that they have power over the media uh, from that little tidbit. And then they're drinking beer. They're no longer disavowed. And uh, and he's going to be a good citizen now. But Ethan doesn't want to be in the IMF anymore, he says. And I said, LOL. Great, because of course we know there's at least six more movies. Mm-hmm. So apparently he changes his mind. But at the end of this movie, he's like, I think I'm done. I'm done being an agent. Uh, and we cut to Ethan on a flight. The way, same way the movie opened, except it was Jim Phelps at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so this is like the perfect narrative, visual passing of the torch from the character of Jim Phelps from the show to Ethan Hunt now in the movies. Because now he's the plain <laughs> movie guy, right? He's uh, going to watch the cinema of the Caribbean. Yeah. It's Ethan being offered a movie, which is, of course, a mission. And I assume it's an impossible one. One can assume. That's it. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and that's it, baby. Yeah, uh, that, that's Mission Impossible, the very first the one. The very first one. I'm really, ex- I'm really excited to get into this franchise. Me too. I'm actually hyped about Mission Impossible Mondays. We're gonna do something at the end of every recap and review. We're gonna rank the the current Mission Impossible franchise as we've seen them. Right now, it's pretty easy. We've each only seen the first one, uh, and so our so ranking it, it's, is... It's number one. It's number one. Mission Impossible 1, so far, is number one. Will it be uh, succeeded in by Mission Impossible 2? Very likely Will not. Mission Impossible 2 not be up to the challenge of unseating impossible mission that's hard to say mission impossible one you're trying i'm so i'm trying i I get it i'm trying so i love it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so by the end of the series you will have the official streaming things ranking for all of the mission impossible movies individually we have to we we have to uh agree 
What? We have to agree on this. We're going to have to agree? Yeah, so if we're like, oh, I think this should be third, and you're like, oh, I think it should be one, we have to debate, and then we have to come to a decision. Like, okay, oh my God. one of us has to lose. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it'll be a fun little debate to have. Okay, let's do that. That's what's going to happen at the end of every Mission Impossible Monday extravaganza. That is our impossible mission. If you uh, have any thoughts on Mission Impossible, you can email us at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Look forward to next Monday. Tomorrow you're getting crossing streams, and then Wednesday you're getting lost. Thursday, no, Wednesday you're getting confessions of a dangerous mind. My bad. Thursday you're getting lost. That's right, baby. With Madison. Ooh, Madison's back. Madison's back, and baby. Friday, you're going to get Strange New Worlds with Steve and Phil. So it's Phil. an action-packed week. We love you all. Thank you for listening. That's all the time we have for right now. My name is Chris. And my name is Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Dun, 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 dun. Be streaming. Dun, dun, dun. We are back, and it's awesome. Awesome.